Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Before we jump into today's episode, we're going to take a quick break here from the sponsor of the show and we'll be right back. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. You've heard me talk about the opportunity in urgent care. So VetCheck believes in the power of your capacity to influence your patients, patient families, and be a leader in your community. How they do this is by giving you the freedom to take ownership of your future to make the biggest impact in your patients' lives. They equip you with a turnkey opportunity to take action on the dream through a unique pathway to owning your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise. They provide a solution to remove obstacles like competing against corporate dollars in the community that you want to be in and having access to hospital ownership, medical directorship, and more. Also, you become a partner along the journey. A vet check pet urgent care center franchise is the answer. If you're interested, check out episode number 80, where I talked to Dr. Siva and he shares more about his story and the opportunity. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, reach out and learn how you can own your own vet check pet urgent care center franchise today by visiting vetcheckforpets.com, which again is vetcheckforpets.com. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Um, this show is coming out a little later than normal for those that are listening um, as it is released. And uh, who would have known, right? Like working a full-time job, having two young kids. Sometimes podcasts just don't make it out on time when you want them to. Um, but uh, on today's show, I wanted to talk about an important topic and one that I'll do my best to explain what's happening in the world of Bitcoin and crypto in layman's terms and why I've been pro-Bitcoin in the past and why the recent activity only further entrenches that view. I also want to touch on Bitcoin as I know the price action as I'm recording this is hovering around 30000 dipped as low as the high um, 26000 in the last week. I've been very vocal about Bitcoin for any of those that have listened. I've encouraged people to dig in and own some. If you've listened, A, hopefully you bought a lump sum under dollar cost averaging, so that'll spread it out. There's some really good research showing, hey, if you're going to be a longer term um, owner of Bitcoin and you dollar cost average, you're going to do great. If you try to time it and just buy at a certain period, it can be a little rougher. B, you likely are down in dollar terms if you um, have purchased based on any podcast I've talked about. And it's natural to have that make you nervous or wonder, you know, hey, WTF, Isaiah, what's going on? I thought you said this was going to 200,000, which I did state in my predictions at the beginning of the year. I also did mention that I would certainly miss a handful of those. And I certainly thought, um, you know, Bitcoin get it 200,000 200, in 2022. Could it still happen? Absolutely. But the backdrop, um, not quite as positive for it to happen. So likely a miss on my part. But the idea of why you want to own Bitcoin and why I've pounded the table remains unchained. Um you want to unchanged. I think I just said unchained. We'll say unchanged um, there uh, just to correct that. But the reason you want to own it is unchanged. You want apolitical money in this decade and the volatility of it should be embraced, not necessarily feared as Bitcoin ultimately will be one of the best performers this decade. I've called it the story of the decade since the beginning of 2020, even pre-pandemic. And even though it's hit a rough patch lately, Bitcoin is still head and shoulders above stocks and bonds and most traditional investment options one has at their disposal. For context, I had a Twitter conversation in August 
uh, August 14th, 2020 with an advisor that felt a suggestion that a Bitcoin allocation was irresponsible and that everyone, uh, to everyone's surprise that's listening to this, uh, I've actually tracked that since that conversation. And here is the scoop. So Bitcoin's up 66.44%. The S&P 500 is up 19.4. International stocks are up 4.3. And the US bond index is down 10.2. So tell me why someone would not want a smaller allocation or a larger allocation to Bitcoin. Um, I've been correct, and I will likely probably still continue to be correct over time, just because he doesn't really understand why you'd want to own it and was kind of you know mocking and having some fun with it. But the facts are, um, it's been one of the best things to own since the start of the pandemic. And there's a really good Fidelity report that came out and kind of showed that as well, that you know even with the volatility, like if you look at what Bitcoin's done since the start of pandemic, significantly better is the performer and the thing that you've wanted to own. Also recently had a question, you know, hey, Bitcoin seems to be trading really closely to technology stocks and like the NASDAQ. Um, yes, that is true. It's been considered uh, more of a risk on asset and it's also extremely liquid, which means you can get access to it. So sometimes when, you know, things hit the fan, people need to sell stuff and Bitcoin has been one of those things they've sold and it has traded um, like a risk asset, which at some point it changes to a risk off asset as something that is safe. Because again, Bitcoin is money. We'll get back to that here in a second. While Bitcoin is not a stock, it's actually held up much better than a lot of big names that people have been very happy to own. So names like Netflix, Block, PayPal, DoorDash, Plantier, Pinterest, Snowflake, Spotify, Zoom, Zillow, Peloton, Opendoor, and DocuSign. Um, a lot of you probably own those names or one of those names in a Robinhood account or something else. So you know, when you think about it, Bitcoin has, has done much better than those names um, on this sell-off. So it's interesting to see that dynamic. Is it fun to be down? Absolutely not. And it's not something where it's like, hey, just, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, it certainly stinks. The The backdrop has not been as, as positive for, for what it is. Um, but the reason you want to own it, like I said, has been unchanged. And I often say save into Bitcoin as it is money. And I talk about that in depth on episode 84 which is why Bitcoin matters for all. Please check that out if you haven't heard it. Now, Bitcoin since 2020 has had a multiple uh, negative 40 or greater drawdown, which can make you feel really uncomfortable, even though, right, it's had strong performance. The, the gyrations, the volatility, the up and down has been uh, a challenge. And that, to me, um, really can impact someone that maybe doesn't understand the why for why they want to own it. But if you dig in, spend some time and understand why you own it, it's extremely, extremely helpful to just be like, you know what? Nothing's changed to why I want to own this. Yes, the price has changed. There's probably some people that don't understand why they own it. And there's reasons for it being pushed around. Now, that's overly simplistic, um, but that has been the truth historically where people have declared Bitcoin dead countless, 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 countless times. So if you have questions, join the Facebook group, ask for resources. I will share some of my favorites, whether it's books, blog posts, podcasts, other things to give you the resources to dig in if you're interested. So don't let it be a lack of not knowing where to go. I can only do so much with these episodes and I also don't wanna turn this into a Bitcoin podcast. It's just something that uh, I've talked about enough. I feel like I need to come back and have um, a conversation on it. So the topic is Bitcoin, not crypto, and yet I haven't talked about crypto yet. And so first I wanna kinda of highlight why there is a big separations and difference. So when you hear, hey, Bitcoin and crypto, a lot of times people will conflate the two. They are two different things. I think Fidelity Digital Assets uh, did a great job. They published a piece at the beginning of the year called Bitcoin First, Why Investors Need to Consider Bitcoin Separately from Other Digital Assets. I will link to it in the show notes. It's an excellent read, good piece. I think it's like 26 pages long. It's an easy read. 
Um, but it's really helpful. And I think for a lot of people coming at it, they're like, wow, that makes a ton of sense. And they do an excellent job going through it. And the Fidelity piece claims Bitcoin's first technological breakthrough was not as a superior payment technology. Um, this is Isaiah's comments. I do think they need to look at the Lightning Network a little deeper. But um, they're saying it's not a superior payment network, but as a superior form of money. As a monetary good, Bitcoin is unique. Therefore, not only do we believe investors should consider Bitcoin first in order to understand digital assets, but that Bitcoin should be considered first and separate from all digital assets that have come after it. I think that's really important. Lynn Alden, one of my favorite writers, podcast guests on all things macroeconomics, investing in Bitcoin, explains it simply. Bitcoin is the iPhone, and then there are thousands of cheap knockoff buggy phones, i.e. crypto, with Apple logos glued onto them, being marketed to people really well. I think that is an excellent explanation of the difference. You have Bitcoin, which is what matters, and a lot of people chasing a lot of money that's been easy to get over the past handful of years for a variety of reasons, and marketing it, dumping it on people, and making a ton of money. So recently, there was this uh, Terra Luna fiasco, and so some people might know what I'm talking about, others don't, but I will try to walk through it quickly just to explain and kind of highlight, and there's a couple different examples of the issues with crypto. So um, Luna, which is U-S-T and L-U-N-A, so Terra Luna, it's a company that was uh, having an, an altcoin or a cryptocurrency and then a stablecoin associated with it where you could stake um some of the funds earn this APY and this yield back, and it was a stable coin where it was going to hold its peg at $1. The idea was that it was going to be an algor algorith algorithmic peg for a stable coin, which is funny because um, it is, as of this recording, down 99%. It was the fourth largest crypto at the beginning of this month and is now ranked 211th as far as value that's um, in that crypto. So, it was supposed to be backed by a Bitcoin reserve that had bought a ton of Bitcoin, which has been part of why the pressure on Bitcoin has been there because they unwound and had to sell it because they were forced to. They end, ended up being in a death spiral. So they were very vulnerable. They were attacked and boom, all of a sudden up in smoke it goes. So weeks before this, it's interesting because the founder was bragging about owning all this Bitcoin and how 99% of cryptos will fail, but all you can do is laugh and the best in breed will survive, yada, yada, yada. Um, talk about a big slice of humble pie for him. So it's been interesting as well. Um, there's a little bit more to the story. So there's reports coming out today and yesterday that there were insiders that were allowed to bail out and almost get out unscathed at the unwind while regular folks, so you and I, um, were basically incinerated. So, quote, the Luna Foundation, which operates UST and its related token, Luna, Holders of $2.7 in face value of UST, which is the stablecoin, were able to sell them for Bitcoin in two transactions last week. And then it quotes the Bitcoin price of those days, which was the accurate price for those days. The transactions took place on May 9th and May 10th, which were the beginning of breaking of the peg. So I think it was at like 70 cents when it was supposed to be at a dollar. So it was some major issues, but they were able to basically still sell it at a dollar, even though it was trading significantly below that. And there were two exchanges where these things happened, Gemini and Binance, and they're out saying, hey, we didn't do any wrongdoing, we didn't do this. Um, but the beauty of an open transparent system, as you can see, Bitcoin trades were done on the open, um, publicly vis visual, visible uh, ledger for all to see. So what's really interesting is, you know, there's all this inside information to alert those closest to the Luna team. They hit the eject button um, before everything went to zero and were able to get out. Um, so yeah, crypto has some issues and you might think, well, okay, that's a one example. 
Um, it's the biggest example. It's a huge example of how much money was lost. I don't have the figure in front of me. I should have grabbed that before we hit record. It was an absolute ton of money that was uh, basically just lit on fire. So you might think it is one off, but if you search DeFi hack, it happens all the time. They get bigger and bigger. So many of these different things are just straight scams. Crypto at its core is VC investing without regulation, oftentimes with bad companies that have no idea what the heck they're doing. And what they're doing is they're trying to get big enough, get listed on Coinbase, dump their tokens on you for a profit. There's a lot of backdoor deals and corrupt behavior that happens. This is not the future of finance. SafeMoon, another good example, got a lot of publicity. And I've had actually two different people um, when it was running. After they we talked about Bitcoin and why, they're like, hey, should I buy this? Someone told me I should buy this. Hey, someone told me I should buy this. Um, it's down 88% over the last year. The best article on DeFi and its shortcomings is called Only the Strong Survive. I've yet to share this with anyone that's been you know, pro-DeFi and pro-altcoins you know, altcoins in general, be able to provide any sort of strong or solid comeback. Usually they just don't say anything. They just don't reply. Um, but that's an excellent piece. It's very long. It's very detailed. But if you have a larger position or are thinking, hey, I think this is a um, really interesting space and this is the future, I would tell you, you need to read that piece and then come back and maybe there are, you know, some some answers there that you can find. For those thinking Ethereum is different, again, Ethereum is the, the number two um, crypto. It's what I would consider the, um, if there's a thing is called, you know, second best, Ethereum would certainly be that. It's been kind of the um, center point of all DeFi um, from that standpoint. I will uh, include a short link on Lido and Ethereum. And Lido is a major issue that is going to, centralize Ethereum even more than already is. And the article is called Ethereum Centralizing Dilemma Through Lido Staking. For most people, that's a lot of jargon, but just understand this, Ethereum is fundamentally broken, flawed from the start. There was a 70% pre-mine, meaning those closest to Vitalik, who was the uh, founder of uh, Ethereum, at the beginning got a higher uh, percentage of the distribution. And that's absolutely you know, not a good way to start something where you have you know, a small amount of individuals holding the vast majority of Ethereum. The DAO hack that happened, uh, I think it was 15, maybe it was 16. Um, they rolled back the chain, adjusted things due to a smart contract error. Um, so again, if they're able to edit and adjust transactions, that's an issue. That's why ETH Classic exists. If you've ever looked, hey, there's Ethereum, this Ethereum Classic, it's all because of the DAO hack and what happened. They are also moving to proof of stake from proof of work um, and proof of stake is going to continue. And that's part of what the Lido piece covers centralize Ethereum more and more. There's so many other things that get so much more detailed. Um, people that are much more informed than I have put out some really great pieces. There's been lots of good conversations. I've learned a ton, but what I've mainly learned is I'm just going to stay away from it because it doesn't seem like Ethereum is solving an issue. What it is doing is recreating the old legacy system where there's a handful of people that control everything. And then you hope that you can get a little something from that. Um, Bitcoin is different. And also, you don't diversify into crypto. That's what I hear a lot. Well, I own some Bitcoin. Should I diversify into these other things? The answer is no. So two examples. There's a new index from Wisdom Tree and the Ritholtz Wealth Management Team called the RWM Wisdom Tree Crypto Index. Its goal, the RW Wisdom Tree Crypto Index, seeks to provide broad and diversified exposure to crypto assets, sometimes referred to as cryptocurrencies or crypto, spanning layer one networks, payment systems, smart contract platforms, layer two protocols, Oracle networks, crypto indexing services, decentralized finance, DeFi, and the metaverse. Um, talk about a mouthful of absolute garbage, like pure straight trash. So what's it done since inception? So it was launched on December 6th, and it's lost 61.5% in about six months. 
Bitcoin over that time span, not setting the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination, is down 41. So it's not necessarily something to brag about, but that's still a massive amount of difference, 20%. Also, um, this crypto index, right, had Luna <laughs> as its number four holding because Luna was the number four holding um, in the crypto land at the beginning of the month. And so what they did is they wrote it down 90% plus, and then finally, finally, finally got rid of it. But that's the issue with indexing like that is you are going to own a lot of the crap that is absolute garbage that gets pumped for no reason. So example number two with a longer time horizon is the Bitwise 10 crypto index. It was launched November 22nd, 2017, and it is a secure way to get diversified exposure to Bitcoin and leading cryptocurrencies. The fund seeks to track an index comprised of the 10 most highly valued cryptocurrencies screened and monitored for certain risks, weighted by market capitalization and rebalanced monthly. I will give them credit. They did not have any Luna exposure because I checked there as well. And so it's a much longer time frame, and it's actually gained 176% over that time frame, but Bitcoin's gained 256, or sorry, 258. So it's almost, um, well, it's just 82% difference, I guess, over, you know, the handful of those years. So again, I ask if the downside is greater and the upside is not as much, what's the point of diversifying into crypto from Bitcoin? And you might be thinking, well, that's in the past. The future is uncertain, 100%. But what we've seen historically with crypto is every four years, there's a cycle and there's a hype cycle. And this last hype cycle was DeFi and NFTs. Has anyone looked at NFTs recently and seen what the prices are from where they were at the top to now? The things that were bid up, you know, you know, Bored Ape, Yacht Club, um, the other NFTs, ApeCoin, all these different things that were you know, this huge industry of how NFTs are going to take over, um, they are not holding the values that they were setting not, you know, all too long ago. And so I come back to, what are you diversifying into? Bitcoin is completely different. If you want to play in crypto land, maybe there is some diversification benefit in crypto, but Bitcoin is something different. And that's what I really want to get across is when I talk about Bitcoin, I'm talking about Bitcoin, not crypto. I do not believe you should own crypto. I don't think there's any sort of way to um to gain an edge unless you have some in inside information and if you think you're smart enough to trade and get a gain and you know outsmart everything else because you have skill there are people that can do that i don't think there's that many people that can do that and remember you need to measure your returns in bitcoin so if you can buy hold and send to self-custody and with bitcoin and go on and be the best veterinarian that you can be and not have to worry about anything else and make um, some really good returns that's amazing and Bitcoin doesn't care if you have a thousand Bitcoin or five dollars worth. The rules are the same. No one controls the network. It's actually the only one that's truly, genuinely decentralized. And that's what makes it different and powerful. It's money. It's worth learning about. And the reason you want to own it hasn't changed. You can feel confident it's not going to change. And the same is not true in crypto. And I would just put it again, use this period if you've dipped your toe in and different things to understand why Bitcoin is different. And um, hopefully this was helpful. Let me know your feedback. And until next time, till we talk again, enjoy. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast podcast.
platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.